What's up, guys, and welcome back. You are listening to episode number 34 of the Origins of the Hunt podcast. This week, I'm joined by Kendall Tackett. Kendall is a Missouri resident and hunter. Me and him have a little BS session to wrap up what it was a pretty crappy week of weather here for the uh, for the better part of the country. We kind of just dive into his new YouTube channel and Instagram page he started up called The Missouri Bowhunter, the vision behind it. Uh, you know the what his future holds and uh you know what was the drive behind you know making the jump to start all this uh kendall's been primarily a missouri public land mobile hunter in the past few years but now he's uh, he's gonna be stretching out this upcoming season he's got a band he's he's putting together and building up he's gonna be on the road so looking forward to see what that brings for him also guys remember if you're in the market for a new broadhead Head over to recbroadheads.com and use code ORIGINHUNT on your next purchase to save yourself a little bit of money. And remember, guys, also, if you are liking what's going on at the Origins of the Hunt, please leave a five-star rating as well as a written review wherever you're turning into the show. Thanks again, and let's get to it. Alrighty, guys, what's going on? This week, we are joined by Kendall Tackett. Kendall is a Missouri, Missouri boy. What's going on, Kendall? Oh, not much. Want to give everybody a little background on yourself? Uh, yeah. So I'm Kendall Tackett. I was uh, born in Southwest Missouri, and I'm still living here. And um, I I hunt public land around um, pretty much all over the mid mid Missouri area. And um, yep. Oh, so Missouri. I I don't really know if I've talked to too many people. It just seems like Missouri's a hot, a hot topic these days. Uh, what are you said? You said you hunt public. Is that because there's not a lot of private available, or is it all posted up, or you know, you got? Is this limited? Um. Well, there's quite a bit of public, and uh, I grew up hunting private, and I uh, ended up losing that spot. Uh, probably, I think about four years ago, and uh, from there on, I just pretty much uh, just. I'm like, I'm not going to worry about private land, you know, losing it and trying to put any time into that. I'm just going to put all my time into, you know, finding public and being able to hunt it because I'm always going to be able to hunt that. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, it seems like there are still a couple private pieces that I have that are still private pieces, but it seems like there are there is any more. If, if it's not posted, then it, it's going to get someone's going to walk through it. Or some, you know, yeah. what I mean? uh, at least if someone's going to disturb it, and and it's going to apply some sort of pressure. So I got to the point where, uh, like you, I started hunting. I, I I'm still a little bit more. I'm probably about sixty forty, right now. My public, my my private to public, but my private is just some of the the ones I said that aren't posted, just aren't really regulated. They are just as pressured as the the public i have some public spots that aren't as public you know as pressured as some of my the private places and i think that's that's what's what's killing it these days you know a lot of people are you seeing a lot of leases like people buying up the what private is out there and leasing it up yeah that's pretty popular especially in northern missouri a lot of guys from uh especially like the south where their rut is like in january december january and february you know they're they're able to come up and hunt the rut up here and then they're able to go back down and and a lot of them lease northern missouri and all the farmland and stuff so yeah there's there's quite a bit of leasing going on but you guys have quite a bit of public land public access yeah we got quite a bit um there's a lot of mark twain in the southern half of the state and then uh there's just a lot of conservation areas all over the state and then there's also um there's a little bit of walk in, kind of like Kansas. There's not very much of it, but there's some. And then are those uh, are those getting hammered pretty hard? The walk ins. Yeah, um, I thought it seems I, like I, you said there's limited number. It seems like there's always yeah. get hit first. Yeah, I I went to one this year and I didn't see a whole lot of people, but um, I think it was in the second year of the of the lease, so I'm not sure if anybody really knew about it yet. So. You think there's anything? I'm not really familiar with Missouri, so I mean, is there anything you think they they can improve on? Um, 
I know a lot of guys were talking about the uh, the draws and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I I think as much public land as we got and and the way they manage it, you know, they they plant crops on it, you know. And I know I know a lot of the northern guys are like, you know, what are crops on public <laughs> yeah, land? Exactly. And it's like, you know, so we're pretty fortunate to have a lot of you know things going on as far as public land here in Missouri. Um, you know, just as far as pressure goes, I'm I'm seeing a lot more pressure than the last few years, especially when I first started public hunting. Public hunting, um, I just it's gone up in the last year. You know, it seems yeah. like everybody's coming up here. So, and it's it's one of the it's over the counter, correct? You like for non-residents? Do what? Is it non-resident over the counter? Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's over. Yeah, it's over the counter. No, I think that you guys are probably. I mean, Pennsylvania, we are as well, but I think that we're kind of Ohio. I mean, I guess there are a handful of states that are, but I, you have to imagine at some point these states are going to start. I, I I see Missouri going to a draw or a point system at some point, just because it just seems like it's a, it's a lot of attention. It seems like anybody that you talk to that travels or you hear talking about travel hunting. Missouri's on the stop, you know, on the right. list. I don't know if that's just because it is so accessible or, I mean, I know it has quality deer, you know, what, what, what do you consider a mature deer, you know, age and size down there? Um, anything over four, um, I would say the average four year old is probably going to be in the, at least 130 to 140 range, depending on what, you know, the area, um, as far as weight, you know, down, down here, you're looking at 150 to 200 on the hook, you know, a big, pretty big deer. I saw, speaking of travel hunting, is that, I was, I'm just looking at your page now. Uh, is that your van? Do you travel hunting that? Yeah. So I, I just built that, um, for this. Well, I started it last April. Uh, so yeah, I pretty much just pick it up and hunt it out of it for about a week and a half. I had almost two weeks. Are you, were you just mainly sticking around Missouri, or were you hopping states with it yet? Um, yeah, just Missouri this year. Um, I'm hoping to go to uh, Kansas next year. I did go out to Oklahoma on a uh, kind of a trade hunt with um, Brandon Adams of uh, My World Outdoors. So I did a little plumbing work for him, so we kind of did a little hunt. But yeah, that the bus has stayed in Missouri. I haven't taken anything anything crazy yet. Have you uh how long have you been hunting? Like have you is it something you grew up in or is it something you got into later on? Um, I've been hunting ever I mean I shot my first deer when I was eight and then uh I shot my first bow deer when I was thirteen. Um, you know, so it's been something that I've done my whole life and I've always been interested. I've always been like gung ho about it. Um, ever since I shot my first deer with my bow, it's pretty much been bow hunting for me, you know, it's just, (laughs) that seems like a, uh, a very common story that you hear is the fact that, you know, there's a, there's a, the first time you shoot a buck with a bow. I mean, that's what happened to me. The first time, the first time, and it's just hooked. I, 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 I talk about it all the time. I hardly take my rifle out anymore. It's just I didn't yeah. grow up. I didn't grow up archery hunting, but I can, I can sure as heck see why people, people do, and and people are lucky, you know, that that did get to they got an extra ten years on, on a lot of these guys out there. And you can learn a lot. Did you? You didn't grow up. You probably grew up more in like the climber era. Did you always mobile hunt? Or did you, um, you know, primarily when, stationary hunt? So, yeah. So whenever I first started hunting uh, with a bow, I I I was in a ladder stand because uh, I wasn't from, my dad had me in a ladder stand because so I, I wasn't familiar with it just yet. And then as I continued to hunt, I would just uh, take some stands out and, and hang them and, uh, you know, just presets and stuff. And then uh, the mobile hunting actually came in when I started hunting public. So that was a new, completely new thing. It was kind of a relearn moment for me. How long have you been mobile hunting now? 
and this was my third full year. I uh, started a little bit in 2020 and then uh, 21, 22, and 23 uh, this year. I uh, That's pretty much been my whole thing. Yeah, and you're, you're running lone wolf stuff. Yeah, I, I got a uh, – I, start, I started out with a, a lone wolf. Uh, I think it's the assault, uh, the original alone wolf assault, and then uh, the sticks. Uh, that was my first year, and then I ended up getting a 1.0 and 20 inch doubles, and I learned that system. And then uh, this year, I actually started using a half more towards the late season. I bought it. I think I bought it in uh, December, so I, I ended up getting it, and that 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 doe was my first uh, my first kill out of it. Right. Yeah, you had a you had a, you shot a buck in twenty. You know, it's 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 still weird to say last season in twenty twenty three is last season. But was that a is that a public land buck? I take it your twenty twenty three buck in Missouri. That was actually kind of a funny story. Um, it was one of those things where it was kind of a a buck that I had my eyes on. I found a shed in twenty twenty two. Yeah, spring of twenty twenty two. Um, I had bow hunted that spot really hard, like the whole time. And I was like, not getting anywhere. And so what happened was, is I was driving by, um, uh, the spot and I was going to go hunt it. And I looked off, we're basically right on the border of the public on the private side. I saw a couple of bucks fighting and I got up there and I watched them for like, what seemed like forever. And then I got to realize and they were, they were actually locked up Okay. and yes, they were locked up. And, and I was just like, you know, what do I do? And so I called my buddy, um, and he'd come down and we just kind of knocked on the landowner's door and just kind of figured out what to do. Um, called the game warden and basically just, he told us to, you know, let it, you know, if we can get him down to go ahead and get him down. And then, and ended up being that buck that I had found his shed and, where, where he actually was, it was only like a couple of hundred yards away from where his shed was that spring. So, yeah, I've never, I've seen a handful of pretty, pretty good fights, but I've never seen, I've never came across or watched anything get locked up. It's, I, I think it's just because social media is more available now that you see all these videos of, of guys finding them dead. And that's just why it's brought, you know, brought more to my attention. But, it's wild how you'll see them just dragging the, the a dead one around with them. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, how, the head. how tough they are. Yeah. What uh? So you shot that doe. We'll get into your late season hunt. We talked a little bit before we were recording. I was very curious if you saw any. You, you were. I knew. I knew you were hunting over a scrape when you shot that doe. But let's talk about second rut and uh because i i feel like you guys down there in iowa all that midwest area i feel like you guys have more of a second and third rut than we do up here in you know pa and in northeast so were you seeing anything on that scrape when you were hunting it is that you know is that where the doe came into or you know what was the story with that um yeah so basically i had been scouting that area towards the end of november and i put several uh walks around on it and I just kept finding more and more sign that I had been missing in November. But I also noticed that the later it got into like December and then early January, I had actually seen the scrapes being used quite a bit more. So I was just like, you know, man, I need, I need to get a set on this thing and, and, and see what's happening, you know? And, um, basically i just made a play and and i ended up having uh two smaller bucks go by about 25 yards and then i had a couple more does go by and then uh, a little bit later i had a, uh, another group of does go by and i figured i'd just go ahead and take one since you know it's getting pretty dark and i figured the buck wasn't you know if it was a buck coming in he wasn't going to be there before daylight so i went ahead and shot shot a doe but she wasn't she wasn't like actively, you know, an estrus that you noticed or, or did you notice any of those doe that, that maybe came past that, that scrape where they were any of them, you know, peeing in it or any of them giving any kind of attention, any kind of a scent? 
Um, not necessarily, like not really when they went by it. Um, I, they weren't really like actively in it. Now, when I did get to my doe, I did actually see her uh, tarsals were quite, you know, pretty stained still as if she would, you know, she had just did something with a scrape mm -hmm. or something, you know? Right. And, and, uh, but as far as, as hitting that scrape, I didn't see any it, much doe activity on it as far as, you know, all that, um, you know, so. Do you think it was, uh, you said the scrape was pretty opened up. Was it, were you, you said you saw some bucks, but were they, were they opening it up or was it just on like a travel corridor? It was on, uh, I think it was, it was mainly a travel corridor and it was right off of a major food source where, uh, the does were coming in and out of that pretty heavy. And I think that's one of the reason why, reasons why the bucks were really on that spot because them does were going through there and they were just opening uh, uh, it up. And then uh, there was actually two scrapes on that tree. And, um, and there were several more around there, but that one seemed like the more active one. Now you're hunting scrapes. What kind of, what kind of trees are you finding scrapes on in Missouri? Like I know every, even in Pennsylvania, you're finding them on different, different trees on different areas. You know, you can drive an hour, hour East and you, the completely different trees are going to be loaded with, with scrapes. It seems like, or is there any kind of specifics that you're, you know, you're, you're noticing? Um, like like types of trees like yeah. uh, like certain so I've seen or... like what um like certain locations or are you find them maybe mainly on travel corridors or you find them on mainly certain kinds of trees? Um, I would say more on travel corridors. You know, like where they're you know they're always in there. And, high activity. Yeah, high activity areas and um, and like I said, the beans were getting lit up. I mean, they left. And it had to be, it was a huge field. If I had to guess, it was like maybe three or four or five acres or probably more than that. I'm probably under guessing it, but it was a lot. Like it was enough to feed them over the winter. Right. And um, there were, you know, there were trails all over it leading in. And um, when I was dragging my doe out, I actually seen uh, like 20 or 30 more deer in the field. And uh, so the high traffic areas, um, where the does really were concentrated at. I think the bucks were just focusing on trying to find one or two more that maybe a, an extra spawn or something that, mm -hmm. that hadn't come in during the regular rut. Yeah. What, what kind of, so I'm trying to paint a picture here of, of what kind of habitat, cause I'm hearing, it seems like you guys have a lot of farmland. And from what I, when I think Missouri and I think most people do when they think Missouri, they think Midwest farmland, open country, are, are you just are these trees and this this these travel corridors that you're setting up and are they just fence rows or are you getting into actual timber areas um i i there's it's pretty like sparse like where and where i was at was actually a lot of river bottom areas so it was it's like really open in there too okay so um, the spot where I was in, um, it was pretty open, um, like a mix of hard, you know, pin oaks and, and different, you know, hardwood stuff. And, um, I, I try to get in the woods quite a bit, you know, and get off into where they're at. And, um, that's just kind of where they're at, you know, as far as. Yeah. I think that I, when you, when you were saying about having, having crops, you know, on, on public, that is, I came across it once and it was just because it was a handicap area. And I, I accessed this, this public from a different parking lot. And when I came to it, I'm thinking I've never seen corn and it wasn't a very big corn plot. And then after you start walking the edge of it, there's, there's a, an actual mowed trail from the next parking lot down with handicap, you know, accessible signs. And that's the only one that I've ever seen. That has to play has to play a pretty big role in late season hunting, you know, especially if they're leaving anything standing that late. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I, we just don't have that. You know, I know guys right now talking about we, we're not hunting right now, but they're still seeing deer and they're, they're, they're struggling and, you know, they're, they're scraping for acorns right now. We got six inches of snow probably at least. So just to have some, some standing food would definitely, definitely help. I think that's something that Pennsylvania could, 
could do a little bit more of. And I could be wrong. There may be in other parts of the state. There could be food plots, but there's nothing that I know of. A lot of our, a lot of our public, if you would look as a, as a state in the whole, it's more. It would be considered more timber hunting than farmland. But yeah, that's definitely a huge advantage. I think in late season. So I saw recently you have started a you know a, a new page, the Missouri Bow Hunter. What's the uh, what's your story behind that? Oh, I've always I've been kicking around for the last couple of years of making uh, some sort of deal like a like a YouTube type of thing. Um, I kind of landed on a couple things. I me and my buddies tried to do a couple things, and I just found out that I I really need to do it by myself. And I can't I can't have someone uh, with me. And it's nothing against him, you know. It's just yeah. one of those things where you find that out. You're just like, man, I can't, I can't have a partner in this, you know. I just need to be able to do what I need to do. Um, so I ended up kind of thinking about it, um, and just I ended up right there, and 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 I just went ahead and went with it, and you know, made. What you, I made so you're gonna you're gonna be having some filming. You're gonna be doing like a YouTube as long as well as you know, you know that's social media content yeah that's the goal so um i've started a youtube uh, i don't have anything on it yet but i'm kind of uh, i've got a little bit of footage that i'm going to try to edit up for it um i know shed season's coming up so i'm going to probably try to get some on there um and yeah a little bit on the social media side just kind of you know just be engaging in the community and just uh in the industry and then you know just kind of you know just build it up and, and see where it goes yeah have fun with it man that's all you can do have you self-filmed in the past or is it something you're just getting into um so i got my camera i think i want to say last year i kind of yeah I, I got my camera last year i did a little bit of self-filming last year um it's one of those things where if you're not a hundred percent committed you're just kind of like in and out of it you know mm -hmm. it's like you're taking yep. extra stuff and it's like sometimes it's just like it, it gets to be a burden you know sometimes it stays in the truck just you know because i didn't want to take it or you know whatever like that and that kind of happened to me this year i ended up leaving it in the truck more than anything but uh trust me it happens to, happens to all of us <laughs> yeah that's what i tell myself when you know, I'll, I'll be taking everything in for, for the first few weeks. I'm like, the guys that do it on a consistent basis can't. I shot my buck this year, and it was, I think, like the second time I didn't take my camera in the woods. And it was just, it was one of the second, one of the best hunts I had. You know what I mean? And it was just, I don't yeah. know if it's, I mean, it, just, it seems like everything, you got you to gotta change it up. So those guys are doing it consistently. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. Don't know how they do it. How? Uh, so we'll go back to the, we'll get back on the social media kick because I know Missouri is going to be a hot topic when it comes to talking the public land. Have you you've been hunting Missouri, you know, for your your entire life? Have you seen in the past couple years any kind of crazy pressure, or is it? You know, I don't. Everybody knows that there's certain people out there that are that are from that area, and they they publicize that area. Are you saying public? You know, extra pressure. I guess you should say from that. Yeah. So a lot of people are, are up in arms about it, and and yeah, we have been getting quite a bit more pressure just because uh, a lot of the states surrounding us are actually draw states like mm -hmm. Iowa kansas um i think illinois I, I think it's easy to get a tag in illinois but it's also i think it's also a draw state i'm not sure i think you're right yeah yeah but it's just one of those things where we're pretty cheap and we're right in the middle we're kind of like the great value of the midwest you know so everybody but is it though kinda... is it is it a hidden gem because i from what i see i think that that's what the words gotten out the missouri is it has the big deer. It's just, it's. I think it's just been so overlooked because of its neighbors. Honestly, right, and right. 
I think that's where it's got the rap. And I think people, so I am obviously a mixed feelings about social media. I'm obviously involved in it and there's, it's just like anything in life. There's good and bad, but that's just something that you're seeing a lot of is people pointing the finger at certain people for ruining hunting. And you know what I mean? And it just doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's, that's the case. So that's why I try to ask people that are actually living in these states if they're seeing or if it's just something that the media is telling us is happening, you know, but right. I think like, like I said, I think it's just you guys got overlooked because how, how, how would you not get overlooked when you have the Mecca quote unquote of whitetails everywhere? Around yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty crazy. Like as far as far as um like the northern half of the state is like all farmland, so basically, it's basically Iowa, and and then the southern half of the state is, is a lot of uh, kind of like mountains, not necessarily big mountains, but a lot of elevation changes, like from the Ozarks, and uh, it's just kind of a mix between you know kansas iowa and arkansas you know and just it's just kind of a diverse area and there's quite a bit of public land here so you know i know iowa doesn't have a whole lot of public land that's you know, what so i was going to ask do, if you knew because you mentioned going to kansas you know in the future if you knew i just, i'm just not i'm not familiar with with the midwest you know so are you familiar with all their their public you hear about these guys going how are they going are they go are they going to ranches farms you know they they get leases walk in um i know like one of my buddies actually has a lot of permission areas in kansas um and he he just kind of has a lot of you know just a lot of land to be able to hunt and so i, I think i think permission is one of the big ones if you can get in with somebody that's willing to let you hunt, you know, 160 to 200 acres, uh, there may be, there may not be a lot of trees on that 200 acres, but you know, um, it's a place to hunt, you know, and uh, I would say leases are another big thing. You know, obviously if you can't get permission, you're going to lease um, so for money. And um, that's probably, you know, one of the bigger things. And then um, I know, um, talking about Kansas, I know there's a lot of walk-in land in Kansas, but I don't think the state of Kansas actually owns very much public land. Whereas in Missouri, we have quite a bit, you know, the state-owned land. No, wait. Now, did you say that does Missouri have walk-in or is it just? Um, I think there's a couple of, you know, it's not a very big program, but I think there's a couple of places that have a walk-in. Um, but it's not really a an expanded program, I don't okay. think. Yeah, that's what I've been talking to some guys, and they, they Indiana seems to be the one that, that gets hit with. They have like the the sign in list, and and yeah. it's you know who was there that day, how many people, what was pressured, and and that's how they do it. But it, it can also really really suck for out of state hunting. I would imagine if you get there and you look at the you know from the guys I've talked to, they look at that paper and it's seventeen people have been there that day, and it's only forty four acre you know and yeah that, that can i don't know if there's a way to, to to look back on previous data you know to see if to see if they hold that record so you can look back you know from year to year and which ones were, you know if they record that anywhere it'd be something to look into i guess if i was ever going to go to the hoosier state i'm sure other states have stuff like that but i'm just not not aware of it have you uh you said you were talking about going out in the in the van in the future. Have you have you done any kind of travel hunting in the in the past? Is that what made you want to get that van started, or is it something you're just you know it it, it seemed like something you wanted to get into, so you you made the jump. Um. Yeah. So I started off hunting public land in my truck, and um basically just sleeping in my truck and, and going out every day and just, you know, being able to, you know, getting changed and, and the rain and stuff and all that stuff. So I ended up, uh, me and my dad went in half and half with the van and I basically told him, I said, I'll, I'll build it out, you know, and, and 
I'll, you know, do whatever we need to do to it. And I just, I've been able to use it to get to where I need and, and be comfortable and, uh, you know, have a nice place to sleep and, you know, change my clothes and whatnot and being able to go wherever I want to go and not have to load up a trailer or worry about a trailer on the back of my truck or anything like that. Yeah, you mentioned trying to get to Kansas. Is that something you, uh, you've been putting in for, for a few, few, you know, a couple of years now? No, I actually haven't put in for anything, um, any draws or nothing. Um, I'm just going to put in for Kansas uh, this year in April. I think it's April is the draw period. I'm going to put in for it. And hopefully if I get there, I get there. And if I don't, I'll just have a point, I guess. Yeah. Have you, uh, so if you, if you could pick one plate, like one habitat to hunt where you're at, would you go north and hunt farmland, you know, with the, the, Iowa and Missouri, as you called it, or would you would you rather get down in the creek bottoms and the rolling hills and and stuff like that? Where do you feel more at home at in the woods? Um, it's such a mix. I would say I would say uh, probably like the farmland area. I I'd say that's where that's where I I'd like to be. Um, you know, just kind of in the timber, you know, mix of the timber and, and farmland. And um, I think that's, I think that's where I'd be. Now you mentioned, I mean, obviously everybody knows like Kansas, Iowa, Northern Missouri, it sounds like there's just not a lot of trees. Do you run into areas like that where anytime you're hunting, I mean, are you, are you just hanging your stand, you know, at, you know, two feet off the ground or are you brushing into the ground or, you know, what are you trying to do there? There's been times where I've been on the ground um, uh, brushing in. Um, there's been times where the spot to be was actually, you know, didn't have anything where it needed to be. So I ended up brushing in one time on a uh, an evergreen tree. And uh, as far as, as always setting up on the ground, it's, it's, I would say Missouri has a lot more uh, farmland slash timber i think you know the further east we get from kansas um and then kansas i would say like the eastern part of kansas has a few trees but you know i would say i hunt in a tree like 95 percent of the time you know like up higher right. but uh but i'm not afraid to get on the ground either so yeah it just it seems like once you get in the midwest you're just hearing a lot of guys doing no i wouldn't really say spawn stock in the midwest but they're they're glassing more than they're hunting. I feel like, and that's yeah. some, that's a whole new world because around here, you're just not. You can glass your fields, but you're. If you had a you know not six, you'd be able to shoot across a lot of these fields around here. But it's not like you're you're able to glass for half a mile or anything like that. Are you uh? Are you thinking about? any kind of turkey hunting coming up is that something you get into down there in, in missouri um that's kind of funny like i've always been a hunter but i've never been a turkey hunter um and it's kind of one of those deals uh i'm hard of hearing so hearing is like 99 percent of turkey hunting so <laughs> it's like it's like i've just never really gotten into it too hard but um i got a couple buddies that are pretty big into it one of them's from uh, georgia but he lives in missouri now so um uh, he, he, me and him went out last year, and I think we're going to plan a little bit going out this year. I think they're going to Kentucky, I think, this year. But cool. the uh, when's your guys' rut? I know you're 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 in the southern part, so I hear the, like you said, the guys south of you that they're literally like January. I've talked to I've talked to Dustin King there. Oh, about a year ago now from Alabama, and he was saying how it's January is when the good rut you know that's when it's hidden are you seeing are you seeing that you know your normal first week of november rut and then another rut or are you seeing you know your rut pushed back throughout the state so i would say the the i would say in missouri a lot of the part of the state is uh the first few days of november seem to be not great 
I would say the the after the fifth to sixth, you're starting to see a lot more activity. Um, there seems to be quite a bit of activity also in uh, late October. It seems like a lot of the big bucks lock up, and I think that's why the first couple of days of November are not so good because a lot of the bigger bucks are seeking out the first does at the end of October. And uh, it, that's just what I seen this year. Um, I could be wrong, but that's just kind of what I saw this year. Yeah, that's kind of kind of how it is around here. I feel like, so you're, when, I guess another question, when would be your, if you had to pick, uh, say a four day span, what, what would the dates be? Would you be an October hunter or, or a November hunter? Um, four days would probably be the probably the seventh through like the eleventh to twelfth that range area. That'd probably be the the four days that I have. Yeah, I see. I hear that all the time. I just do not see it. And I, I talk to guys in, up here in Pennsylvania that do the same thing, and they they swear up and down that that's the, the magical week. You know, everybody says sweet November, but I will still swear that I have had better luck in the last week, week and a half of October. Like you said, when they start seeking, they start seeking that first doe. I think it might be more luck than anything, though, If you and historical data. Yeah, you know, finding I, out know where those does are. Yeah, I would say I would say that the historical data would be the biggest thing because those big bucks are all they also have like a historical clock, you know, in mm -hmm. their body, and they know where the first does are going to be at. And so, if you're not in that spot, then you're not going to see much, right. you know, as far as October goes. Are you and, running and the rut? The ruts. Right. Are you running many cameras? Um. I don't run I don't run a whole lot of cameras uh, mainly because on uh, the conservation land they're not legal on conservation um, Corps of engineer land I hunt some of that up there so I've had a few cameras out this year but I that's not something that I just worry about a whole lot you know as far as you know I, I don't have a lot of time to go check them. I don't have a lot of money to go spend on a bunch of cell cams. I do have a few, you know, for my homemaker. I have like, I have like, uh, like 10 to 15 acres at home I can hunt. So sometimes I throw a camera out there just to see what's running. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't use a whole lot of cameras as far as scouting goes. Yeah. You seem like you're, you're a little bit like me. You put them out to, to maybe, know that a, a, a you know a deer might be alive or in the area i don't i've never shuffled i've never really moved my cameras and i a lot it's probably hurt me more than it's helped me but the only reason i say it might have helped me is because i wasn't intruding as much by by scattering them but i think i'm going to start holding off this year and and trying to scatter them later in the summer rather than putting them in soaking because i'm not i'm not seeing much benefit myself personally by putting them out early are you uh the ones that you are putting out are you putting them out now are you putting them out you know that seems like july once july hits it seems like most people are go going or, or you know i know guys are trying to beat the green up so you know when is your ideal time to put a camera out um, this year me and my buddy actually put a couple out on the core of engineer land uh i think it was I think it was July. We went out there and put them out um, just to let them go for the for the whole year. And they actually just died the other day, so they finally quit sending pictures. But uh, yeah, I would say getting in and encroaching in an area like September, like the early, you know mid September when our season starts. Um, if you're wanting to hunt an early season buck, I guess, you know, don't do it. But if you're just trying to get intel for like later in the year, maybe mid-October, it may not be a big deal, but depends on find, the bucks, I guess. You find yourself getting out, you know, you got, you said you mid-September opener. Are you, are you getting out much that time of year or are you kind of still on scouting mode? Um, I did get out a little bit in September, um, but it's like really hot in, in September here. It's like 
80 degrees, like for the most of it. Um, it actually doesn't start cooling off until like mid to late October here. So, uh, and it really depends on my work schedule too. So, you know, mid September, it's usually fall jobs are wrapping up, or, you know, jobs are wanting to get done before the weather's come, weather starts coming in. So I'm pretty busy for a lot of the time, but I try to get out a little bit in September to uh, before the beans die off and just kind of get out there and see, you know, if I can get in on an early season buck. How much, uh, how much winters, winter scouting, you know, early or late winter, early spring scouting are you getting in? Are you, are, are you putting any, any stock in that? I guess I should say. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's my main thing is getting out. Um, as soon as the season ends, really, um, I try to, I try to maximize my time by doing it, uh, during shed season two. So I'm able to do two things at once, you know, see if there's any bucks that made it through the winter and then also scout the spot, you know, just to see if anything shifted from last year or, you know, whatever, as far as that goes. But yeah, I'd say that's like 90% of my scouting is the later season for the rut from the previous year. Have you had much success picking up any, any sheds? Um, I've found a few up in the uh, river bottoms in an area that I've actually not hunted yet, but it's something that I've been keeping tabs on. And uh, I found one back there that was pretty good last spring. And uh, it's just one of those places that it's all or nothing to get into. You know, it, it, right. the access, the access is like crazy hard. And, and it's just one of those things where it's just getting in there and the one access point that you got it's 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 hard a make to or do break without hunt. yeah it, it's hard to get back there without blowing everything out and then as far as water access there's a little bit but there's uh the river was just so low this year we had such a big drought the last couple of years the river was just so low and it was just one of those things where it's on my mind and at some point when i get back there i'll get back there i just i thought maybe with with all the, you know, crops on public, it might, I don't want to say it makes it easier, but I know for that's the first place I go as I'm walking food sources or what food sources we have left. So I just, I just didn't know if they, you know, you said, you know, saw 20, 20 deer, which is very, very likely when you, when you got a food plot on your, you know, on your public in late season. But have you ever, uh, you ever come across any or or much C CWD or anything like that down there? Um, as far as CWD, I've never personally seen anything. Um, I know Missouri's been cracking down pretty hard on it the last, uh, I would say, eight, six, seven years, uh, possibly more. Um, but personally, I haven't seen anything. Um, I know a few people have been reporting a lot of uh, the EHD um, this year from the droughts from before. So I know a, one guy that actually said he found like, I think you want to, I want to say like 17 deer, dead deer um, in, in one property. And, you know, that kind of sucks, you know, whenever your whole deer herd pretty much gets wiped out from something that's just, can't really control it. Especially if you, especially if it was, I understand it's all, I mean, if, you know, if you were on public, it would still suck. But I can only imagine if you had, you know, a few hundred acres, a couple hundred acres, and you put a bunch of time and all this effort and money and and years of preparation to get this, you know, habitat formed, just to have something like that come in and just wipe it out. That would be, that would be the kicker. You know what I mean? When all that, all that work. But like you said, I don't, I don't know if there's anything to prevent it. I know we can, we can try to slow it down, maybe. Yeah. I surely don't. I don't think we can prevent it. No, I, 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 I think it's. I think it's just been around for you know ever, and it's just one of social, those things where I'll blame social media again. Yeah, which I mean, I'm not. I don't want to say I don't want to blame it, but it, you didn't know what was going on in Illinois, you know, in in 2000, who shot. A 200 inch deer or if if there was a cwd outbreak in ohio you live in missouri you might have read about it in a magazine you know what i mean in a couple months 
So that's why I always give the social media a jab, just because I always say there's pros and cons, and that's one of the that's a pro I would say because you get to it opens your eyes to what is really going on, and and what you know what could just how quick it all could just go away. You know what I mean? We've had a little bit here, but nothing crazy. Nothing like Ohio went through a couple of years ago. Ohio got hit hard. And, and it, I live, I'm only 25 minutes away from the Ohio border. So something that's going to, I'm sure, creep over here. We, Like I said, we have cases of it. But we, we Ohio a couple of years ago was the worst that I've heard in recent years. But we have a, we have a couple areas that are, from what I understand, they're D maps and they're there to kind of thin the population. So I believe there was outbreaks there in the past. And I think that they're trying to that. And I, I, from what I've heard is timber companies kind of pushing that agenda to try to thin the, thin the deer out so they can go in. But I don't, know. it's all public land stuff, but you said you have, so how many different kind of public lands or, or public accesses do you have? It seems like you guys. That's maybe that. Maybe that's why you guys have more, more access. So we have. We'll have like a, a conservation area, but that's not always open to hunting. Some are. Some aren't. Then you have, like the Allegheny National Forest, which I believe you can hunt uh, the majority of that. And then you just have like Pennsylvania game land. And I heard you mention a couple of different ones that we don't. We don't have. Like we don't have. I mean, I'm, we might have some. Uh, Army Corps of Engineers property, but nothing major that I know of. Yeah, so we have the main the main thing is uh, Missouri Conservation Area or Missouri Conservation, basically a conservation area, uh, just state owned land that you know it could be it could be forty acres or it could be five thousand acres, um, just depending on where it's at and how much land they've got. And then we've got Army Corps of Engineer land on a couple of. Uh, uh, lakes that are uh, basically water reservoirs for towns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then we have the Mark Twain in the south, and I think there's a little bit up north. I think Mark Twain Lake is up in northern Missouri. You know, I've seen it a couple of times, but I'm pretty sure that's open to hunting. Um, so those are the main three, and then we got a little bit of walk-in, but not a whole, you know, not very much. Like in fact, I've only I've only seen like a couple of them, anyway. So, have you seen any 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 kind of clear cutting or timbering down in down there? Um, I know that's, that's I would, big here. Clear cuts are big. That's where everybody goes to hunt. Yeah. So where I hunt, I really don't have to deal with that a whole lot because, um, I, I just don't think they do it up there a whole lot. But mm-hmm. I know down in the south where in the in the mm-hmm. Mark Mark Twain they do quite a bit. They do a lot of burns and right. and and timber, you know, management and all that stuff. Now all these different areas, are there any different are there any different restrictions to to any area or do you guys have just like a statewide here's their deer restrictions black and yes. white areas? Yeah, so it goes um it really goes by the area. It'll be posted up front on like a, on all the parking lots. There'll be a spot like, um, you know, you can't you can't use antlerless tags, so you have to use your buck tags to, to shoot a deer in that spot, and you only get two buck tags with your bow um, with your bow tags, um, and then some areas are bow only. Some are you know bow and muzzleloader only. Some areas are open to all. And then uh, just you just have to read the the front, you know, register before you go in. You know, you don't have to sign up or anything to main to to hunt, but you just have to know, you know, what the rules are for that specific area. That's one thing I gripe a lot too about Pennsylvania's rules and regulations, but that's one thing that they're pretty clear about when it comes to it's it's pretty black and white too. Well, there's, I think, four counties, but we have WMU's units, you know, where that's how our, our state's broken up into, into dough, how they allot, you know, give out your dough tags. And we have pretty much four counties that are a point restriction. And it's just, that's, it's, there's a point restriction throughout the state, 
but there's four that are different. And other than that, everything's pretty much the same, which is it's very, very convenient. I've heard, I was just talking a couple of weeks ago to uh, to Mike Athey from, from Maryland, and it just seemed like there was, it was confusing to an extent, but I think once you hunted it long enough and or did your homework enough, it would be, like you said, as long as you pay attention and read, but it's hard for coming from a state where it's just like, well, as long as he has three up on one side, I can shoot it, and I can. It's only this season right now, so all across the state, I can only use this weapon. So that's right. that's one nice thing about about PA. Yeah, Missouri, Missouri, and and also Missouri is um, like bow season is bow season, and then you have the gun season. So that's pretty straightforward. Um, and then like you guys you said, have your about, muscle season. Yeah, they don't call it a muzzleloader season anymore. I think they used to call it a muzzleloader season, but now they're calling it, I think it's alternative season. And it's basically, um, I think you can use AR pistols um, or pistols, and then you can also use your muzzleloader bow or uh, air rifles, I think are getting a little bit more popular. So I think you can use air rifles in the alternative season. Hmm. Yeah, see, I... We have a we have a muzzleloader season. It's called muzzleloader inline. You can only use your inline, and that's early. I want to say it's like mid mid October, and then we have a flintlock season, where you can only use a flintlock, and that's after Christmas on on. So it's just, I'm always curious to see what you know what other states how they break down their seasons and and regulations and. Because the first time I talked to a guy, somebody from out of state, and I said, "Yeah, we got a flintlock season," they looked at me like I had, a, you know, a third eye that we had a season. I mean, it was, it's late archery and flintlock, but how we had a, and that's just it goes back to good old traditions, Pennsylvania traditions, run deep. Yep. Right, Kendall, I appreciate you coming on. We'll wrap it up. We've been here just under an hour now, but if anybody is looking to uh, find you on social media or or the new page and follow along with that where can they do that at uh yeah so i'm on instagram um my main is uh basically my first name kendall tackett with uh three t's on it because somebody apparently had my other one um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway and then uh, i just made my new page uh the missouri bow hunter so um that's on instagram right now and then uh, i'm looking forward to coming out with some stuff on youtube um also i'm the missouri bow hunter so that's pretty much where i'm at all righty man well i again at kendall i appreciate you coming on and and just bsing and on this cold wintry snowy january night i appreciate it and uh sharing a little bit of missouri knowledge with us uh, from you know northeasters so i appreciate you again coming on everybody for tuning in to another episode of origins of the hunt podcast and remember never stop learning